0: We might not like to admit it, but we all put up facades continually each day. We present ourselves in particular in different ways to different people and different groups of people. And from that feeds our uh, constant lure of competition and comparing ourselves to one another. Sorry, I know that's not relevant to you. Nobody's competitive here. And I know that's true though. I can say it with certitude because it's been happening since the fall of Adam and Eve. When they fell, Adam and Eve had to cover themselves up. They were naked before, but now upon seeing themselves differently, this new understanding of nakedness They lost trust in one another, and so they had to clothe themselves. And that physical clothing represents a deeper spiritual boundary, we might say, that we put up between one another. All of those things that we need in order to protect ourselves from things like shame or mistrust. All of those things that entered the world with original sin, things that we were not created with originally. And Adam and Eve lost their identity as God's children and now face the constant lure of creating their own identities apart from God. Without God, the only way of understanding who I am would be based on comparisons to others and the many superficial standards of the world. And thus begins the downward spiral into a life of sin and merciless competition. In the gospel today, we hear the great story, one of the highlights of the gospel of Luke, It's commonly called the parable of the prodigal son, but it should more appropriately be called the the parable of the two sons, because in this parable we have two ways of experiencing separation from God, two ways of trying to create one's own identity apart from God. First is the prodigal son, the younger son. He refuses to lovingly serve his father, and instead of receiving his inheritance with gratitude, he demands it early, before the father's even approaching death, and so he can use it for his own self-seeking. The younger son goes off, and as we would say, hits rock bottom, comes to his senses and finally admits to himself that injustice he can expect and hope for nothing more than just being a humble servant of the Father. And so he goes back seeking nothing more than that. But of course, this story reveals the Father's great mercy, and so The father, turns out, has been sitting there waiting for the prodigal son the entire time. Not waiting in judgment, but waiting in eagerness to show him his love and mercy. And so the father runs out to meet the son before he can even get out his first words of apology. The father's mercy anticipates our contrition and sorrow. And then the father not only forgives him, but he puts a ring on his finger, gives him new sandals, a new cloak, and he restores him to the fullness of sonship and all the prerogatives that come with being a beloved son of him. The son now joyfully serves his father with full freedom love and gratitude, seeking nothing apart from the father. Now the older son, on the other hand, has also gone astray, but in a different way. He was living the entire time in close physical proximity to his father, carrying out all his duties by all external accounts we might say he was a faithful son. Deep down though, he was not serving his father out of love and gratitude, but out of pride. He was fulfilling his duties in order to prove himself, to gain acceptance, to earn the love and approval of others. It's like he was doing all the right things for the wrong reasons. Obedience had become a burden. Service had become slavery. And so over time, resentment set in. His heart was hardened to the point where when his younger brother returned home, he was unwilling to celebrate or even acknowledge him as his brother. The older son identifies him to the father when he comes back as not as my brother, but as your son. The parable ends without telling us what becomes of the older son. Perhaps we all experience that deeper interior estrangement from God at times, that constant temptation to create an identity apart from God. It's how Satan tempted Jesus in the desert from the gospel of the first Sunday of Lent that we hear each year, seeking happiness and freedom in things like pleasure, riches, fame, and power, things that will all eventually fall short. So let's invite Christ to tear down those facades and bring us back to the Father's house, that special place that Christ has personally prepared for you and for me. Now, it's easy to look at the prodigal son and his older brother and think, okay, I'm I'm not living in a state of grave sin. I'm not living this life of dissipation and I'm fulfilling my duties so I must be doing okay. Maybe this doesn't apply to me. But I think that's the deeper meaning of this story, that the Christian life is not just about avoiding sin and fulfilling a series of duties to God. In fact, that's just the beginning of a life of ongoing conversion. It can be hard enough for many of us to overcome grave habitual sins, but once we do, then the real work of sanctification begins. The Father's house is where I belong to God in every part of my being, heart, mind, and body. Only in the Father's house is true freedom found, where I don't have to prove myself to earn his love or to win approval from anyone else. Only in the Father's house is where I can hear those words, my son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours.